0: chapter number 13, Revelation chapter number 13, we're right here in the midst of the tribulation period, we're three and a half years in the seven year tribulation period, so we're right there in the middle, and as we begin chapter 13, it deals with two parts, remember we're talking about seven personages, and a personage is a, personage is a, distinct, a person of distinction or importance, so we have seven of those listed in chapter 7, and uh, chapter 12 and chapter 13, excuse me, seven of those mentioned in chapter 12 and chapter 13. They're very important characters, uh, characters of distinction, and, but what we we'll are to be dealing with in chapter 13 is, number one, we're going to have the beast out of the sea, that is the Antichrist. He's going to come on the scene. We've already seen he'd been released when the first seal had been Pealed away from that scroll, we see the uh, Antichrist going forth to conquer and to conquer. He's riding a white horse because he likes to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a counterfeit. He's a phony. He's a fake. But he comes out with a bow, but the bow has no arrows. Means he will come forth and he will conquer, and he will do so without war. Now the devil's a liar and the father of it, so it won't will not last. And for years. There have been people who have made the attempt through treaties and things to have a peace between the Arabs and between Israel, but we know as Bible Christians there will be no peace between those two peoples, those two nations, until the Prince of Peace comes. But guess what? The Antichrist will come with his smooth talk, he will bring those two together with a treaty, with Israel for seven years, but in the midst of, Daniel says, in the midst of the week, or in the midst of the seven years, three and a half years, guess what? Because he's a liar, he'll break that treaty with Israel. He will go into the temple. The temple's already been rebuilt during that time. The Old Testament sacrifices have already been back into play during that time. And he will go into the temple, he will desecrate the temple and declare himself to be God and, and really reveal who he is. So we're really over here the last three and a half years when he's turned on Israel when he's going to persecute Israel and so forth and we're going to see him rise out of the sea first of all the first beast there's another beast which will be the second beast and he is the beast out of the earth or we could say the beast out of the land which will be the false prophet. God has a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Satan's a counterfeiter. He counterfeits everything God does so he has a satanic trinity which is made of the red dragon satan we have the beast out of the sea which will be the antichrist and then we have the false prophet that is will use will be used by for propaganda he is the beast out of the earth or the beast out of the land well this morning i'd like to preach to you on the subject here comes the beast not here comes the bride but here comes the beast so we have these seven personages let's get down to the last two which will be the Antichrist and the false prophet. We'll spend more time on the Antichrist this morning than we will the false prophet for the sake of time. Let's look at that first beast. Look at verse number 1 of chapter 13. And I, this is John, stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the the name of blasphemy. So let's stop right there a minute. First of all, I want you to see the ascension of the beast, the ascension of the beast. How will the Antichrist ascend unto power? Now, he's already going to be in control of a ten-federated conglomerate there already, but he will rise to be the, the last world Gentile world power dictator. Now that's going to happen in this chapter as we'll see there. He'll be the last of them but right now he's not totally risen to that capacity as of yet. Now he will ascend here. He will ascend from the people. Now when you're looking at the book of the Revelation you have to determine and use this rule of thumb. If it makes sense seek no other sense. If it seems to be a it just makes common sense. Then you take it literally for what it says. Now here it's talking about a beast rising out of the sea that has uh, seven heads, ten horns, and and upon those horns ten crowns. Now we know that we're going to have to study that. That we're not to take. It's not going to be a literal beast as we as we see here. John is using descriptions, and so we're going to have to study that a little further. That doesn't seem to make Literal sense, so we got to dig a little deeper and see what it means. So, what it means here is that the beast will rise up out of the sea. Now, the sea in the Bible, most of the time when it's talking about the sea, it's talking about the Mediterranean, but also when it's talking about the sea, not only is it talking about a body of water, more so it's talking about a population or a people. So, really, what the Bible's saying here is out of a sea, and there's other verses that would come into this that would substantiate that coming in as a a world's uh, coming up out of the people or out of the population so out of the sea out of the people out of the multitude of people during that time will rise to the forefront out of that multitude out of that population a person will arise out of that and will come out of the sea of people and will be a beast now he uses the description here a beast now the antichrist has been given several descripted aliases or names throughout the Bible. It's very interesting that we'll talk about here in a few minutes his different names that he has been given. But here, one of the names is given is the name Beast, which means a wild animal. He's been described as savage. He's been described as ferocious. So this sea symbolizes the Gentile nations. The Bible tells us later, a lot of times the book of the Revelation is the best commentary on the book of the Revelation. Because if you look further, Revelation chapter 16 verse 15 says, and he said unto me, the water which thou sawest, remember, uh, it says where the whore setteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. And so that's where we get, he says the water describes people, multitudes and nations and tongues. So upon the sea is a uh, multitude or population of people. Will arise the Antichrist. Let's talk about a couple of those descriptive things. Now, here's what the Lord Jesus said during his earthly ministry. He said in John 5 43, He said, I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. That's the Antichrist, the man of sin. Now, it's interesting, if you used to take the entire New Testament, 27 books, and you would look for the word Antichrist, and then one there's one place where we have Antichrists, it's plural, and you used to take every word out of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, you get the idea all the way of the Revelation. You're only going to find the word Antichrist, and the word Antichrist, you're going to find the word Antichrist, and it's singular, three times and then you're going to find it antichrist one time and they're all found in John's writings and in all of his writings being the gospel of John first second third John and the book of the revelation it's not even found in the book of the revelation let me give you a verse here that says in first John 2:18 little children it is the last time now this was written in the first century in first John And as ye have heard that antichrist shall come. What does anti mean? Anti means against something, against Christ. He said that you've heard that antichrist, the man of sin, the son of perdition, shall come, a man shall come. Even now there are many antichrists. There are those who oppose Christ, who are against Christ. The Bible tells us that the spirit of iniquity doth already work and since Christ's ascension has there been a stage set and there have been the devil's been working and fashioning people and minds and philosophies and educational systems so forth that he's building a stage for the antichrist the man of sin one day to step up to be the the answer they feel like it's the answer to all the world's problems and at that time they will look to a man for all their problems he will rise out of the population well we mentioned that the term or references antichrist only found in first john 2:18, 18 first john 2:22, 22 first john 4 3 and second john 1 7 so that's the only place you're going to find that but we're still talking about the same person the beast now he's been given many names is the reason i tell you that we know him as the antichrist Satan's superman the second member in the satanic trinity he's called the man of sin second thessalonians 2 3 we could say this man of lawlessness that will be completely against the law of God, totally opposed to it. He's known as the son of perdition, 2 Thessalonians 2.8. He's known as the wicked one, 2 Thessalonians 2.8. He's known as the willful king in Daniel chapter 11, verse 36. And in 36 times in the book of the Revelation is he described as the beast, that ferocious animal. And then in Daniel chapter 7, verse number 8, which applies here, he's known as the little horn if you study the book of Daniel chapter 7. So there's a lot that the book of Daniel says, the Old Testament equivalent, if we could, that coincides with Revelation, talks a lot about the coming Antichrist. You'll notice here in a minute I'll quote a lot of verses from Daniel. So he will arise from among the people. Next, let's talk about his ascension His ascension will be from the political, not only the population, but from the political realm or the political world. There have been leaders down through history, dictators, uh, presidents that have been accused in even modern times in America being accused of being the Antichrist. Of course, a lot of those set the stage for the time when the Antichrist shall come, but they're not the Antichrist. Okay, I've been asked a lot, even the short time I've been in the ministry, is this political person? I remember years ago they said, well, maybe Richard Nixon, Hen- Henry Kissinger was the Antichrist. There was even a time they thought Ronald Reagan uh, was the Antichrist. Of course, that was no way close <laughs> because he was such a great orator, which the Bible says he'll be an orator. But we know that none of that is, is to be fearful of because he's going to rise uh, on the world stage and we'll see here in a minute that we we know that it is perhaps realistic, although we don't know for sure that the Antichrist is alive today. Now, you're not going to find anybody on the face of the earth that is going to have firsthand or even secondhand knowledge of that. So don't worry about we're not looking, I'm not looking for the Antichrist, I'm looking for the Christ. I don't have to worry about the Antichrist because when you trust Christ. You don't have to worry about the tribulation period because God's not appointed us under wrath. So I'm not looking for him. I'm looking for capital H, him, right? But he's going to send from the political world. It says he had seven heads, ten horns, ten crowns. See, the Antichrist has already headed in the first three and a half years a ten-nation European league. But he now embarks on that last three and a half years to embarks on being his new career as a solitary world dictator, according to Warden Wisby. Seven heads refers to Rome being the, the city of seven hills. A lot of them believe that this, in the book of the Revelation, that this, this right here we're talking about in chapter 13 will be the revived, the revived Roman Empire during that time. He will have ten horns, He'll have uh, ten crowns, which will be the diadem crown. We sing, all hail the power of Jesus' name. <laughs> Let angels prostrate, fall, bring forth the royal diadem, and crown him Lord of all. Well, we notice if we to go back, he is of his father the devil. And if you go back to the red dragon in verse uh, chapter 12 and verse number 3, it says there, there's a great wonder, a great red dragon. He had seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns. So we know he's come from the red dragon. We know he's come from Satan. He'll be empowered by Satan. Now, he has the diadem. Now, let's, let's compare that a little bit. The Antichrist will have ten crowns or ten diadem, crowns. But that's not to be in comparison to Revelation chapter nineteen, when the Lord Jesus comes back, and in verse number twelve says, "His eyes were as the flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, many diadems." So the Satan, in equivalent, tries to be like Christ, but he's not anywhere close. Yes, he has some crowns; he has ten of them, but that's going to be nothing in comparison to what the Lord. When the Lord Jesus comes back, the real Christ on the real white horse in Revelation chapter 19 he's not going to have just 10 diadem crowns he's going to have many crowns I think about that hymn in the beginning of our book crown him with many crowns so we see the revived Roman Empire he will come speaking blasphemy now that's expected why? because we studied two weeks ago that when Satan was in heaven he went to war with Michael the archangel and guess what? he was kicked out of heaven And he's come down to the earth knowing that he hath but a short time, just a a little while. And so he's going to cause as much ruckus as he can. He's mad because he's been kicked out of heaven. And he's going to go against Israel, which Israel will be protected and fed as they were in the Old Testament during this time. And so he'll come with blasphemy. Blasphemy means to speak evil of. The Bible talks about there is a sin of blasphemy. If you blaspheme against the Holy Ghost, there's no way that you can go to heaven. No way you can go to heaven speak evil of the Holy Spirit, to speak evil of God, what we call the unpardonable sin. But I'm going to tell you what that unpardonable sin is. You may have taken the Lord's name in vain. You may have uh, cussed God and, and spoken evil against God and spoke evil of God and spoke against God when you were lost. But I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to send you to hell because God's loving and God's forgiven. And God will forgive you, but the one sin that will never be forgiven will be the sin of unbelief, the person who never truly believes on Christ and who rejects Christ. That is the unpardonable sin, just to throw that out there. So blasphemy. Now, how would the Antichrist have sinned so quickly? There several things I want you to notice about the Antichrist. He will be an intellectual genius. (laughs) An intellectual genius. Now, Satan is no dummy. Satan is very religious. Satan knows the Bible. Satan knows the Bible than some Christians know the Bible. He knows his fate. He knows the demons. They understand that he's God, but they and they tremble, but they're not saved demons, and they're not a saved devil. The devil believes this book. There's people who don't believe this Bible, but even Satan believes it. He knows he has but a short time, and his future is in the lake of fire. But he wants to take as many people as he can with him. He's a a genius. According to Daniel chapter 8, and verse 23, and in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. He will be an intellectual genius. Number two, he will be a great orator. He will be a very good public speaker. He will swoon you and he will swoon others with his wonderful talk. He'll be a great orator. He'll be smooth as silk when he speaks in front of audiences. Daniel chapter 11, verse 36 and he shall speak marvelous things. Marvelous things. They'll say, Wow. This man seems to have it all figured out. He's so smooth, so eloquent, such a great orator. Number three, he will be a political genius. We know this through several ways in Revelation chapter number 17 and verses 11 and 12. I'll read that to you real quickly. 17, 11, and 12. says, And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perd- perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. And so we know if he's going to be over a ten federated kingdom, that he's got to be a political genius. Number four, he will be a commercial genius. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 11, verse 43, but he shall have power over the treasures of gold and of silver. And over all the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. He will also be a military genius, according to Revelation chapter 6. Remember, he comes forward to conquer and to conquer when that first seal is taken off. So he will be very eloquent, very smart, very smooth, very very good, okay? He will be a religious genius, according to Revelation chapter number eight, to be able to have the rebuilding of the temple, the institution of the Old Testament sacrifices. He's going to be a genius religiously also. The next thing I want you to notice is the authority of the beast. The authority of the beast, Revelation chapter thirteen, and verse number two, says, "And the beast which I saw was like." All right, we know that's going to be some, that he's likening it into something unto a leopard. And his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. Who's the dragon? That's Satan, the devil. And his seat and great authority. So there'll be authority given unto the beast. This is similar to Daniel chapter 7. If you want to look some of the time, maybe this afternoon or this week, you look at Daniel 7. As you see that Daniel has the vision of the beast. He says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 3, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. He talks about that he'll be a combination of world powers like the leopard, Uh, the swiftness of uh, Greece under Alexander the Great, Daniel chapter 7, verse 6, the strong like the bear, Medo-Persian empire. We see that in Daniel chapter 7, verse number 5. He'll be like the lion, Daniel chapter 7, verse number 4, the intelligence of the lion being Babylon. Not only will he be a combination of world powers, but he will be a combination of demonic powers. He will be energized by Satan. He will be Satan's Superman. He will receive all his strength, all of his power, and later we're going to talk about how he has power, which is dunamis, the word dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite. Now, during this brief time when he's been cast out of heaven, will Satan have unhinged, unleashed power, dunamis power? He don't have that dynamite power right now, but he'll have it during that time. But he will receive all his energy from Satan. He'll have his seat, he'll have his throne, and he will have authority. Let's look at the next thing in verse number 3. I want you to notice the amazement of the beast. Now, he's been over a 10 nation federated army but he's not yet the world dictator he's not completely taken over but he will do so (coughs) excuse me in verse number 3 here it says and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered at the beast now how is he going to completely take over as a world singular dictator well, he'll do it by counterfeiting Jesus Christ. He's counterfeited him, counterfeited him every other way. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 3.16, God was manifest in the flesh. The Antichrist will be Satan in the flesh. The Bible says he'll be an unmarried Jew. Daniel chapter 11, verse 37, Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers nor the desire of women. Now, that means either one of two things. Number one, that he will be so interested in taking over the world and persecuting the Jews that he will not be interested in women. Or number two, there's a possibility the Antichrist will be a homosexual. You can draw your own conclusion from that. So we see also in his death will he counterfeit Christ and went over the whole world and become that one world dictator in his death. Now we don't know exactly how this will transpire, but it says you saw one of his heads that were wounded to death. In other words, he will somehow be wounded, perhaps people will turn against him, they will kill him, the Bible says by the sword, uh, in other places, and then what will happen is the wound will be healed. It's going to be one of two things. Number one, it will be a fake resurrection, he'll come back to life, or it be a literal resurrection like Jesus in his death, his head is wounded, he dies, and then before all the people because of satellite and because of 24-hour news cycles, just like the two witnesses, will it be witnessed that he will rise and resurrect from the dead? Now, this will be a miracle of sorts. Now, you've got to be careful about something. The Bible says we have a more sure word of prophecy. We don't believe everything we see. And in fact, the Bible tells us in Second Thessalonians 2, 9, even him, speaking of the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs, and lying wonders. He will be able to perform miracles. Now, that's not the first time there's been miracles performed by Satan's crowd. Just go back to those Egyptian plagues back in Egypt when Pharaoh's uh, sorcerers, they Moses throws down a a stick and it becomes a serpent, his rod. Well, Pharaoh's Men, they throw down their serpents and they bec- uh, their rods, and they become a serpents as well. They imitated, they counterfeited the miracles. So don't we don't, we don't uh, pay so much attention to the miracles of the power in which he has, which you'll have here that will astonish people and amaze people and allow him to become that world superpower or dictator. So don't let that fool you. What's more important than seeing miracles is if that miracle lines up with this book right here. You say, show me a sign. Well, Jesus said there'll be a sign, and that sign is the sign of Jonas being in the the, the well, the, the belly of the well, three days and three nights. That's the sign is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You say, I have to see that to believe. Well, you're not going to be able to see it to believe. There's only a limited amount of people that seen his resurrection, but we believe it by faith. If God was to show you a sign, you won't believe this book, you won't believe the sign. The next one is the adoration of the beast. After that, it says the wound is healed in verse 4, and they worship the dragon. Now, who's the dragon? Satan, the red dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they they worship the beast, worship the devil, saying, who is like unto the beast, and who shall be able to make war with him? Once he's resurrected from that, there'll be people to say, who would even challenge him? Who would even attempt to go against the Antichrist? Who would even... Try or attempt it. And so we see that he's always, Satan's always desired worship, and here he will receive it. Men were literally, and you have people today, that you have people that worship Satan, which is ridiculous, worship Satan, and worship uh, demonic forces and so forth, but in this day, well, there'll be Satanic worship and Antichrist worship both. Satan the dragon, he's always desired worship. I read of an article in 1974 in Moody Monthly that had this to say about a fellow that was over the European Common Market, said, what we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all people and lift us out of this economic disaster into which we are sinking. Send us a man, whether he be God or devil, and we will receive him. That was quoted in 1974. We've come a long way since then. Adoration of the beast. The next is the attack of the beast. In verse number 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. We know that the length of the attack against God's people in his unleashing time will be forty and two months, three and a half years. We see that several times. The next is the line of attack. He will blaspheme God. He will go to battle with the saints. In verse number 6, The Bible says he opened his mouth and blasphemed against God, blaspheming his name, his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. And then in verse 7, it was given unto him to make war with the saints. He'll go against God's people during that time. And to overcome them, some he will kill them and overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Now he's that world superpower during this time, the attack of the beast. Then we'll see the achievement of the beast in verse number 8. And all that dwell upon the earth, now listen, all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now do you know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life? I didn't ask you if your name was written in on a church roll And I didn't ask you at home in your family Bible, do you have a certificate that say you're a member of the church or you've been baptized or you shook the preacher's hand? No, I'm asking you if your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, do you have a home secured in heaven? And if not, and the rapture was to happen right now at this very moment, you would be left to endure the tribulation period and endure all the things that I'm talking about if you live long enough to endure them or even get I don't believe a majority of people even America will reach this point anyway you'll be dead long from starvation from pestilence from disease from the first seven seals so you're not even making it to this point and even if you do they said they'll fall down and worship him and the Bible says this if any man have an ear let him hear if any man have an ear now I'm not just up here saying all this because we're trying to fill a bunch of time. No, it's really going to happen. This Bible is true. Let God be true and every man a liar, the Bible says. This is real. This is not some fairy tale, some fable. We've not followed cunningly devised fables. uh, fables. This is what's going to happen. And if you, God's given you an ear. He's given you two of them. Let him hear. Let him hear. Take heed For the man of sin, the son of perdition, the little horn, the Antichrist, is to come. But I'm so glad you don't have to sit here and worry about young people about the Antichrist. You need to be looking for the real Christ. You need to make sure that in heaven you've got a home secured and you know for sure without a shadow of a doubt that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you have eternal, everlasting life, because one day you didn't trust and... Your church attendance, your water baptism, you're agreeing to a creed or some prayer you pray. No, you're you're trusting the day you forsook your sins and you trusted Jesus Christ, your personal Savior and Lord. And I cannot imagine preaching this book, reading this book, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that readeth and understandeth. Revelation 1:3. You know why? Because a man or a lady who reads it and understand it and has got half a sense, will realize that they need God. They need a Savior. That's the blessing of the book, to realize there's a hell to shun later the lake of fire. But you don't have to worry about that. You need to be thinking more about heaven. So would you stand with me a time of invitation? Miss Mary's coming to the piano. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one's looking around. We've talked about futuristic things that have not yet transpired. Your life may have been rough, but you're not going through the tribulation period right now because the Bible says this is yet to come. These are things that are going to happen hereafter. You don't need to say, well, I'm going to wait to see if it's true and see if I can make it, see if I'm tough and gruff enough. No, that's foolish. You're not tough enough. The devil is greater than you, but greater is he that is in you that he that is in the world and with heads bowed eyes closed Christians are praying I'm looking across the congregation we're going through the book of the revelation do you know Christ can you say with assurance if you was to die right now that you would be in heaven do you know him only you know that Has there been a time or season in your life when you've God's convicted you over your sins and showed you your desperate need for a savior well if you're here today and you've never taken that time taken that time out to trust christ i'm not going to come to you embarrass you drag you down an aisle i just want to know how to pray for you more effectively and i'm going to ask you to do something i had to do one day sitting where you are is realize i was lost and if i was to die i knew enough about the bible i had a, i knew it was true i wasn't a believer yet i just know i was putting it off and I couldn't put it off any longer because we're not promised tomorrow. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Toler, I don't have that assurance in my life. If I was to die, that I'd be in heaven. I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you. I just want to know how to pray for you more effectively. It's just me and the Lord looking. Would you slip that hand up? Preacher, pray for me. I see that hand Would be another. Preacher, pray for me. I'm not saved. How about it, young person? Do you know Christ? Have you been saved?